0: So this morning, later on, we'll be taking, recollecting the precepts. Well, you should you should think of this really not in terms just of rules and observances, but of mindfulness of ethical sensitivity. Mindfulness of ethical sensitivity. So you're keeping your Sati, recollecting, stabilizing, spreading your awareness over ethical sensitivity. It's relational practice, basic relational practice. And uh, in this way we begin to um, get a sense of what's meant by action in stillness, stillness in action. Action in stillness, stillness in action. So when we have ethical sensitivity, there's a stillness, which is the poise. The action, which is the refraining or responding, mediating how we act. Yeah? So your action is not just something that moves away from your heart. Mm. It doesn't move away from your stillness. Your stillness is that sense of of awareness, of, um, which is standing next to whatever you're doing, standing within what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Action and stillness, stillness and action.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So if you consider this, because uh, uh, it's easy to, i balancing it either of these directions. And maybe sometimes we overbalance the stillness, we get too rigid and frozen and trying to keep everything quiet and collected and you know stable and constant, you know, unwavering constant. And that really isn't the way. <laughs> because there's an action with, within the stillness, which is something is sensing, inquiring, feeling things out and Maybe just tiny adjustments, even adjustments of the physical position. And of course, as we come into even sitting, you can feel the action, which is the movement of the breathing, subtle energies in the body. So within stillness is action. And then you consider what is action, sankara, and breathing are actions. And mind actions, we should consider, you know, thinking as really the brain is breathing. <laughs> thinking is the breath of the brain. And brains need to breathe too. <laughs> but often they're kind of huffing and puffing, you know, too much, over-breathing, gasping. And, and they've just got to regulate. your your brain breathing, regulating your thinking sustain attention on your thinking calm the emotional energy that goes with it compose a thought get to the end of it, let it dissolve so thinking is just the breath of the brain and it should have that same sense of the arising coming into fullness and then the dissolving into openness and an open quality and so one of the reasons why you know we, we meditate is to find that open space yeah, the open space uh, you know, and certainly your breathing helps um, the space is particularly helpful the apparent ending of the breath is very helpful just thinking, thinking, thinking and just go right to the end of the breath and listening to that pause this pause as I mentioned last night is a very important part of life that easily gets overlooked because we're in a hurry there's this Attitude more is better More is better more is better quicker, faster more is better. That's the way of progress. No that's the way of accidents. That's how accidents happen <laughs> That's how reactivity happens, that's how wars happen. <laughs> Not enough pause, let's take a breath here. Okay. Step back, soften, widen. It's that moment you just unhook your attention, just for a moment, unhook the attention, just let it widen. And then you can re-engage in a much cooler way, more composed way. And that, that pause is a, is a great um, mediator, essential mediator. Otherwise we have no refuge from sankhara, it's just all compulsion good compulsion, bad compulsion, even dumber compulsion, you know, you get the dumber compulsion going, be mindful, be alert, be vigilant, practice the welfare of all beings, be happy, cheerful, composed, collected, you know, do more, more, more more practice, more sitting, more walking, more, you you know, you know, so, let go another thing you've got to do <laughs> 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 so, they're taking a pause from intention into this open and, 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 so in the the pause you know you you use a pause um. You can kind of develop it <laughs> by subtle changes of direction. You, know, you pause and then rather than going straight forward, just go to mm-hmm. the left, go to the right, just go slower, go faster. Mm-hmm. Just use it to change gear. Mm-hmm. Otherwise we always have minds inclined towards habits and straight lines. As I was saying yesterday, we do walking meditation, so do some walking and maybe, you know, walk for 20 paces or so. And practically all of us will assume that's a straight line, because that's the way our minds conceive things, a straight line. <laughs> I don't think I said in a straight line. it take 20, 25 paces, but they could go zigzag, they can go in a circle. They can go like a snake. You can walk five steps one way, five steps another way. You, can, you know. And though, you know, we're not just trying to be erratic, but just breaking some of these unconscious habits. You know. I notice, uh, you know, obviously I do walking meditation. And mostly they have these walking paths which are straight. And sometimes they're even paved, you know, so you get on this thing and it's a straight paved path. And then I get some, boom, 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 turn around, boom, 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 turn around, boom, boom. Yeah, there's something good about it because there's (laughs) a sense of, you know, you've got to focus. But after a while it just feels like, almost like slightly, slightly imprisoned. So you know, if, I, if that happens, I stop, widen, widen my awareness, stop, and I might change direction. You know, I'll walk at a different speed, or just feel what the body, what the energy feels like in the body. And if you're in your town, your home, chances of finding 20, 25 paces. Of, of street or anything, without some other walking up and down in it, it's not so great. And if you do it in public, they probably think you're crazy. Well, walking up and down, you might you've lost something. <laughs> What's the matter with you? You're walking up and down, right? or, you're, or you're manic or depressed or something like that. So, so but you can, you know, if you're if walking down the street, you can just. Make that into your walking meditation, just walking and feeling your body and feeling those senses in your mind, oh I've got to get there, I've got to get there, oh that looks good, oh what about that, just walking, and that's, that's really good, and you can change the pace, and you can change the direction, but you're still in walking, so that, that particular action, you know, keeps the mind contained without being compressed, constricted, and Uh, And remember, you know, the effort, right effort is a fundamental feature of of the Eightfold Path. But uh, a lot of it's about not doing, refraining from, not doing, undoing. Uh, So if you're walking in a street, for example, just, do you need to look in the shops? Not really. So don't. If you do, well, you're probably looking for one thing, maybe, just you don't need to, you know, going through and one watch shop, the next watch. I'm not going to buy a watch anyway, <laughs> so why bother? Yeah. And so that awareness is light, it's not captured. This is really important to get that disconnecting, undoing, disconnecting, disconnecting, very important because you know mostly in the world there are things out to grab your attention and get you compulsive so your stillness is cultivating the action of disengaging you know unhooking disengaging in a very simple you know it's a gift not something you've got to kind of hold tight and get into a particular regular thing but it has its own regularity It's, it's a it's a It's a gift, a gift to help us get out of the compulsiveness of the mind. (laughs) So just moving, feeling the body moving. And within that you'll feel those compulsive reflexes to either make it super perfect or absolutely unwavering or distracted. And the two go together because if you get too constricted, something in you will start to rebel against it. Or you die, your spirit dies. You just kind to or it just starts to get out of here, and then you feel guilty, and so forth. So, so for mind much more regularly, uh, it's much more comfortable with movement. But this is the movement that contains stillness: the stillness of heart, a stillness of non-compulsiveness, the stillness of openness, the stillness of. Of uh, no fixed position, and it's finding using the body as something that the mind can feel comfortable with. It's like a friend when you walk, your body is like a, something you feel is, like, comfortable, yeah. mm-hmm. fluid, rhythmic, like a river. Mm-hmm. Mm. Walking is though, because the, you know, the appearance is particularly meditation centres. We have the sitting hall, where we can all gather, which is great, uh, and then walking is also very important, and moving around is very important.
1: Mm.
0: And then there's an occasion where there's a certain action you're doing, and then there's the action that you're just releasing. They're both important. The relax the movement away from compulsive reactions. Mm-hmm. So action and stillness is a very helpful reminder few slogans you can put on your wall or your car or your fridge door or something so you get it because you've got to do this thing every day at least once a day generally you know, keep reminding yourself there's nothing more to it then just that. Meditation means to come back and do it again. Do it again. Do it again. Fail. Do it again. Fail. Do it again. Next time, fail better. Do it again. Next time you fail, fail with a little more humour. Do it again. Understand why, what happened. Don't just get into attachment to failure like I am a failure. <laughs> no, no, you, you know, it's like finding the balance. You only find balance through imbalance know yeah, yeah and the body knows that very well so when we're clinging yeah so external internal we've talked about this quite a bit and clinging to the external external appearances you yeah, uh, external world of gain and time and place and you know, acquiring things, acquiring things and having things. So, you, you know, the sense in which one can feel a value in, in that, or be incited to make value out of something external. And then you, you acknowledge that and relax the external to a degree. But you come back to the intimately external, which is just your own body. Very helpful. So I'm talking about the external body is is the body of sensations and posture. Just keep it like that. And when we cling to it, we try to get the perfect posture, which is not, which is a bad idea. You get a posture that's comfortable enough, steady enough, so that you, you can use it to just gently contain the internal, which is the dynamics of energies. Hmm? Contains the internal, which is the dynamics of energies. Degrees of health, fatigue, sleepiness, restlessness, all these energetic qualities is using you know, external frames it. and then if you get too, too lost in the internal, you go to the external body and standing, just standing, feet, balance, chest, shoulders, hands, head, upright. you know don't feel very well, but there it is. And so you, you don't get stuck internally. So if you go to the what I call the intimate external, which is the sensations of your own your own body, your body form, it helps you to stop getting stuck in the internal, which can be, uh, you know, feeling sick, feeling dizzy, feeling stagnant, feeling you know, just. So then you can easily get embedded in it and stuck in it. Or oh, of course we can get sort of more interesting paranormal internals. We get Kundalini flashes or rushes or luminosities uh, energy systems. You can get very fascinated by that. Energy is fascinating stuff. Very fascinating. Uh, but um, anybody who does any kind of work in that should always have a a guide because you can really get fascinated and obsessed and lost in it (laughs) so we don't cling internally just as that use the external to contain and frame and be aware of the internal use the internal to handle the external so if we're practicing you know and, and meditating or whatever you get a sense of you Fill your physical external form with awareness, and internal quality, with energy, internal quality, and it doesn't. You can't take this for granted. So when you stand, you know, you think you, know, you look like you're standing, but actually your chest isn't standing. You know, your feet may be standing, but your chest isn't standing yet. There's no energy there, so. Now your shoulders aren't ready yet. Relaxing the shoulder. Now your fingers. Are your hands standing? No, they're kind of dead. Right? Bring your hands together. Hold your hands out until you feel the energy fill the external. Uh, and so this is certainly bringing these two together. External, internal. Not clinging to one. Stuck obsessed with one or dejected with one. Dejected about them physical appearance or dejected about the state of your energy this is all clinging and it becomes a self so they balance each other and the idea finally is to bring the two together so that when we stand the shoulders are standing the back is standing the head is standing and the face is standing it's not running away (laughs) you know your arms aren't dead and uh, so the more you, you f- fill the whole body with awareness, energy begins to follow that and the whole body becomes a, a medita- uh, not just a meditation but a, a kind of um, a deep presence, full presence that is, people don't really, in the world generally don't really understand. But then that is very helpful because as with the body, so with the chitta, the mind, or the heart, or the aware sensitivity, mm. Mm. it helps the, the heart-mind to come out of its uh, its obsessiveness, you know, when it's contracting inwardly and it's kind of caught up with its moods and so forth, you know, feeling that dull state, okay, dull state, start expanding your awareness to include your chest, your head, the back of your head, skeleton, you know, so the more you feel the whole body, the mind comes out of its stuckness, and the mind's nature tends to be to go into particular locations of interest or locations of hindrance, or locations of obsessiveness. Uh, and so we need to cultivate that internal quality of mind, the mind essence, to spread it through the body. Uh, and then it, uh, it gets less intense, uh, less reactive, less feverish, and it's steady. That's uh, one of the fundamental principles of Mindfulness of body. Why the Buddha recommended it so highly? But also, the mind has internal essence and external behaviour. Mm. External behaviour is our our actions, our mental actions and attitudes, uh, our moral standards, and so forth. Um, even our speech is an external experience, where the mind is expressing itself in terms of words, mm. external so you cultivate precepts but as I say precepts have an external aspect which is what you can read on the page the internal quality is one is sensitive one is checking so it's not legalistic you know you don't get called into legalism we become righteous or you know obsessed around details like okay if you know, if, if harmlessness is a precept do I clean the mold off my shower because that mold might be living so you know there's an ethical dilemma around whether you should I even clean my teeth because the bacteria are living you know? <laughs> should I just let the whole body rot <laughs> so there's a sensitivity that's not kind of rigid just uh, you know and as a, as a general reminder the term is Pana Pāṇātipāta, so Pāṇā is like ānāpāṇasāti it's a breathing uh, system yeah. so it's, it's non violent so the Buddha makes it reasonable non violence towards breathing things, it means you can mow the lawn <laughs> yeah. you know, you can prune trees and things like that, but naturally if you're sensitive you begin to recognize cause and effect so okay, it's okay to, you know, prune a branch off a tree, but you know, but then you look at long-term causes. If you cut the tree down, it means creatures that live in trees have got nowhere to live, and so you look at it more, and more deep in that ethical sensitivity. Then you begin to to consider more deeply one's uh, footprint on the planet. You know, so then we take it much more fully. So there's no, so then you can get beyond the precepts into thinking of thinking, looking at things like, well, we really look at karma and cause and effect and behavior, behavior and essence, and you see one of the really uh, un, unacknowledged um, blemishes is consumerism which is totally legal, encouraged not against any precept you're not killing anything you're not stealing anything but if you look at it more thoroughly, deeply you realise well wait a minute, everything has to come from the earth <laughs> and uh, so how much do we take and so you have this sinful equation you can run through your mind where does it come from? Where does it go to? Not a difficult idea, is it? So everything you look at, where did it come from? And re- respect, gratitude. Where does it go to when I'm finished? There's this place called Away. <laughs> where things go? They go goes this place called Away. And there isn't a place. <laughs> so you see, you know, this great ocean. Blocks of plastic everywhere floating in the oceans and clogging up and killing creatures with our plastic. And plastic's now in our bodies. Microplastic in the body um, doing all kinds of damage. Chemicals. So Mm -hmm. is it possible to refrain? Mm -hmm. Again, it's within the precepts, but when you look at deep in the sense of not harming, and you realise you can do harm without just through not really understanding the consequences of your actions, So you start to think more clearly about action, every action, and particularly the actions that are not examined. The compul, the, you know, oh, well, that's fine. That no, 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 no. goes the immediate habits. And say, do you need it? Frame. Yeah. Well, I find this this I find this quite a uh, invigorating um, cultivation. So I try to av- you know it's, it's very difficult to avoid plastic, but I try. I don't drink generally don't drink bottled water. Because they say the plastic gets recycled, but you know, most of it doesn't. And uh, even to recycle it, it means you've got to burn a whole lot of energy to get the plastic melted down. Where did it come from? It came from oil. How did the oil get here? They ripped a hole in the ground, dragged the oil up, then they used energy to smelt it and melt it and purify it. and use energy to make it into something or another use more energy to transport it <laughs> you know it's so a massive amount of energy behind one plastic bottle that you drink it throw it away it's <laughs> like wow that was expensive <laughs> really expensive <laughs> and how much environmental damage was done in that seemingly innocent way you know didn't I'm doing anybody any harm but we, we just think more carefully so you don't get just stuck on the external by being blind about it or careless about it or just just keep cultivating that inquiry. And let your mind penetrate, let your ethical sensitivity penetrate your life and make these small choices wherever you can. We also but then again we have to recognise, you know, Clinging internally is when you get too idealistic. You get these great ideas, idealism, perfectionism, and then this also is this is clinging internally. And it makes you worried, obsessive, judgmental, uh, and the mind doesn't fully really come out with its joyfulness and its true essence. It comes stuck in particular ideals. um it's really helpful to, to recognize this because certainly with with um, Buddhist teachings particularly early Buddhist teachings and even the Asian tradition it's mostly the problem of sensuality there's a lot of teachings about refraining from sensuality and the danger of sensuality which is you know, because you know if you're living close to the earth, then the senses are very alive and that's where you get your happiness and that's where your passion flies and, and so on. And so. Even today in the Asian traditions it's, a lot of it is kind of restraining the senses. But we find that in Westerns, it's mostly opinions and views, views and opinions people get stuck in, <laughs> and righteousness and ideology. You know, if you go to somewhere like Thailand, they don't have an ideology. they do not really that interested, by and large, in ideas. They kind of, oh well, maybe this, maybe that, mm, work it out, figure out how it goes, <laughs> which we find kind of baffling. you think it's right, isn't it? And they go, well, and they look at you and sort of smile a little bit. <laughs> That's not. I'm not saying that Thailand's some kind of perfect paradise. It's not. It's a lot of violence and sexual abuse, and but it's all fairly. It's not ideological. It's kind of, you know, sexuality, greed. You know, very, very sensual defilements. Yeah. In westernness, it's all depression, worry, anxiety, self-hatred, obsessiveness, guilt, regret. And, And for some of the Asian teachers, they don't understand. What's your problem? Well, I feel so bad. Why? (laughs) (laughs) What's the problem? Well, I don't feel I've really fulfilled my life, and I'm not really that Okay, well, just stop thinking about it. (laughs) (laughs) Just relax and be happy. yeah, I get it, how it doesn't happen. relax of be happy doesn't quite happen. People <laughs> are so in their heads all the time. You know? And uh, yeah, certainly many occasions um, you hear somebody doing a translate and translating something to some you know, Tibetan master or Thai master or something. The question is saying, What do you do about self hatred and translating master, what? <laughs> and translates it again and you're trying to find a word for it you can't find a word for it in that, in that language because they don't have that, that sense and they go, oh, go, why do you do that? because, <laughs> you know, we have an idea of how we should be and how things could be and should be and ought to be and what's right and true and perfect and they don't really have that <laughs> <laughs> well, certainly there are as I say it there are plenty of defilements but it's, you sort of start to recognize you know you have to deal with a particular stuff that's where you're getting stuck you yeah. know where, where, the, where you're, you get stuck mm-hmm. so you get stuck in kind of mental constructions you know Mental constructions. Mm. And what is the purpose of life? And again, you ask that question. You know, purpose? Right. Just be happy, you know, comfortable. <laughs> you know, what's the role of justice? Justice? What's that? You know, these are kind of mental constructions that we create to to frame our lives with. These become, you know, actually, they become, these mental constructions become so important, they actually become more important than life itself, <laughs> as a living, breathing, here and now experience. We're operating in terms of an abstract construction of what should be, or could be, or will be, and not feeling the living essence that's actually happening for us. Well, so that's when you get stuck in the externals of the mind, where the internal of it is kind of very constricted and, and wavering and, and weak because it's not been nourished. There's no, no sense of deep appreciation, love and gratitude for being here. Mostly people are worried about being here or wondering whether they deserve to be here. <laughs> are they good enough to be here? What do they have to do to be here? You know, how they have to meditate to be here, <laughs> rather than you are, you is here. And can you extend that here through your whole system, body, mind, it's all here. And just so open it up, and then you begin to see, oh, this is where it gets agitated. And then we can work with it. So, you're know, not clinging externally, not clinging internally. And certainly in this retreat situation, you see the sense in which we're trying to operate as a group and sharing rooms and with people we don't know and, you know, perhaps it's a little bit crowded in some respects, you know, going according to routine, everybody following these things along. And this is actually quite quite challenging and very worthy of, 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 of respect. Very different from the Asian thing, see. where Tha- Thais particularly love to be together. They really love being in a group. Being alone is some disaster. <laughs> it means you're not loved, or you're not. So you know, it's no fun. Something's gone wrong. So they always like to be in groups. Uh, yeah, you know, often we have these monastery gatherings and you know, a big ceremony. You know, we have these alms giving ceremonies and things like that in the monastery. And generally you generally, see all the Asian people all together in the in the middle, and all the Westerners are against the wall, <laughs> <And>, uh, <laughs> trying to be mindful of it, or. And the Asians are kind of feeling happy and joyful, they're smiling at each other, and you know, in the middle of it, and they're not worried about being mindful. In fact, it's so striking you know, the differences, and we have to meet those those edges. Yeah, you know. one time we had a, a very devout. Uh, thai lay supporter because she had some spare time we gave her a kuti. the kuti is smaller than one of your bedrooms probably about half the size of one of your bedrooms quite not quite not, you know it's, it's enough but it's no more than enough so she she gave it his kutti recovery so she brought a friend with her <laughs> You know, half the size of that room. She actually invited a friend to come with her, so she'd be looking out of one window, and a friend would be looking out the other window, and <laughs> meditating. And then they sit together and have a cup of tea and chat together, and had a good time. <laughs> but you know, for there's two people in the coot is like, oh, you know, boundaries, issues. You know, this is my time, no talk. You know, this kind of thing. <laughs> So we st- you know, then you start to s- sort of recognise the, these constructions that we take and feel challenged whenever they're whenever they're challenged. But that's good. It's good to be challenged in this way. That's kind of good humoured uh, and uh, just playing with your edges. You know, if you're too much, I am not going to make it all work. You know yeah, be with people. <laughs> and uh watch for, watch out for perfectionism and right and wrong. Learn harmony and, and company and joyfulness, appreciation. So, you know, internally, externally, blending. So we can practice on our own, but also we can practice as a group of people. And rather than being people you're kind of defending yourself from your little square mat, you know, everybody else is practicing. There's a good commitment here. You know, these are the, these are people who will not harm me. They'll look out for me. If I have an accident, they'll pick me up. If I'm in trouble, they'll be caring concern for me. You know, these are people who are committed to. Awakening, you know, wonderful, what a great, what a great thing, rather than, you know, she snores, (laughs) which admittedly is, is uncomfortable, but, you know, just practicing, 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 relaxing these constructions. So that takes effort. We use a word like effort, it sounds like a strain, you know, gripping, pushing effort. But effort arises from energy, and energy and effort are not quite the same thing. So energy is is just, you can see that's just the the medium, like the fuel, and effort's how you can extend it. So you can't really make effort unless there's the energy. If you don't make an effort, the energy goes stagnant, Right? If you don't extend gently, steadily, the energy goes kind of stagnant or goes rigid.
1: Right?
0: You look at that in terms of your body cultivation, you've got to gently stretch and extend and open and move the body, and otherwise it goes stiff and stagnant. Same thing with the mind, you've got to gently extend it, stretch it, a little bit beyond the comfort zone, but not too far, You're just extending opening, if you're nervous and shy just make a little bit of opening to another person you know, just extend it a little so the energy of the mind is, is massaged, otherwise it gets stuck and stagnant or obsessive but that, that process of moderating energy is a very skillful and necessary because we can often go into these ideas of effort like right? full on, full till effort or no efforts needed whatsoever, uh, you know, sort of extremes and uh, so but then as you cultivate you realise you first of all you've got to find still point, so your first effort is to find the still point This is the pausing, still point, awareness. And then from that still point, getting to respond to what's immediately around you. So if it's constrictive, you respond by gently warming, extending, suffusing. If it's rushing out, you gently collect, restrain, ground. Spinning out, you gently steer it down. If it's sunk, you gently... Kind of f- fluff it up <laughs> you know, so you work with that and the stillness is the is the center point so if we do that physically you know when you come into your sitting or standing position make sure it's all there and then what is it in that that feels balanced and and the quality of the still point is there's no, you can arrange yourself around it, but that is the place where, which is not voluntary, it's not an action of the will. It's where the willpower ceases, and it's with deep receptivity, uh, that deep receptivity.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And as you're deeply receptive, you begin to sense, this feels unbalanced. Too much, too little, not quite right, straining, pushing, retracting, and you gently extend this energy, breathing through the places that are imbalanced. It's not losing the stillness, so it doesn't jump out. It's like the stillness expands, goes into movement. So as I was saying earlier, just a very simple example. When I, uh, with, with doing qigong, you know, feeling, it's like sort of sit here and be alright, and begin to recognise something slightly stagnant about that. Or I can stand up. Yeah, I can stand up. Until I'm standing. Yeah, okay, that feels good. I can move a little bit. You Just gently massage the energy, sensing it, until it begins to feel more fluent and joyful and then you can, you can use it. So an effort is joyful effort, not willpower stressing but joyful, joyfully making that kind of effort. You know, and once you get that sense in your body, you begin to get that sense, the understanding of that in your mind. Right. So we might, for example, you know, set up the idea. Okay, we're going to do sitting meditation. So this is a very important practice in which the Buddha realized the awakening. So I'd like you all to maintain unwavering mindfulness on the in-breath and the out-breath. And immediately feel oh, no. <laughs> okay for an hour an hour of unwitting mindfulness Mm. on the in breath Mm. out breath Mm. you know Mm. because you say well no actually if you just sort of sit and then see if you can get how good it feels to breathe out (laughs) and let it happen yeah so focus on how, how easy and good it is to breathe out so that begins to feel pretty yeah it's nice, and then how good it feels to to have an in breath come in, and and when they flow together, how pleasant that is when they flow together. You know, in breath picking up, openness out breath relaxing, emptying everything. And how pleasant that feels, how agreeable, how things calm, and steadying that feels. Oh, yeah. distraction comes in. Oh no, this is pretty nice. Just oh my goodness, an hour's gone by. <laughs> I was being unremittingly mindful without even knowing it. <laughs> mindfulness would be another idea, another form of kind of Buddhist ideology being mindful of some kind of construction, an idea, rather than just getting interested and exploring and appreciating. They're receptive. Mm -hmm. So this is, in a way, the stillness of that open quality, receiving the actions as they arise and pass, and the meeting of them begins to be happy. Mm -hmm. The meeting, the stillness and the action is enjoyable
1: Mm.
0: just enjoyable Mm. so what you're doing you do from a sense of this is feel good about this rather than being perfect at it (laughs) and getting it right and never getting it wrong Mm. this is the theme so you're cultivated another example and just giving alm's food so basically it's supposed to be really simple so so utterly simple all you have to do is get a spoon of something over this big bowl comes along and you've plopped the food in the bowl that's it <laughs> that's the external thing the internal thing is a feeling of Oh, you know, it's really nice and easy to do this giving thing, which is the most fundamental giving of nourishment to another being. Oh, lovely quality. You know, focus on that and then, you know, putting the food in, in the bowl and so on. But one time, when well, I was in South Africa teaching and and people were trying to get it right and told, this is how you do it, get it right, this... Coming along the line, and somebody had a kind of a cake or a pie. She's quite nervous to get it right. She gets the pie and she's looking quite intense and looks at me and is this all right? And looks at her, and puts the pie in a bowl. I said, Is that okay? And she's got this jar of cream she's trying to pour it. She's looking. And she pours the cream down my robe. <laughs> Because you're, you're so intensely trying to be mindful and <laughs> get it right. <laughs> that's something that's fairly easy, it's a bowl, it's like. <laughs> you definitely could miss it. And <laughs> you know how it goes oh, this is a Buddhist monk, revered teacher, special practice, be mindful, let's start. You freeze up. So making that, you know, moderating one's intention, so the, a joyfulness, the lightness in touch. And this certainly is a, then you know, then that sustains you. see, if you if you practice is something you feel joy in, you just do more of it, <laughs> because it's quite natural, isn't it? You don't have to force yourself or, you've got to do it at seven o'clock. There's a sense of joyfulness, and you see how you can extend that same. Blend into whatever you're doing, into what you're doing, and yeah, yeah, and begin to consider if you if you're doing things that you can't take joy in or feel good about, maybe you shouldn't do them. <laughs> yeah, it's just dogged duty. Maybe you shouldn't do it. Time to just. Stop. No. No? No. I remember one time uh, when I was the abbot of the monastery and every day you were all these things to do and there's papers and emails and committees and stuff going on and do this and telling people to do that do this and that. I was like, uh, fed up with this thing. So that's it. I quit. I stopped. I didn't actually leave. I just thought, fed up enough stop doing all this stuff I mean I'll go to the morning chanting and the rest of the day just whatever <laughs> you know, I mean whatever as a Buddhist monk isn't that wild <laughs> 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 sitting around. And sitting and basically monastery just kept going nothing it, it just ticked along <laughs> by itself <without laughs> it was a great learning thing so I began to get a sense of just how intense one can get to make sure it all works and everybody's happy and so forth. And actually, the best thing is just relax a little bit and just do things joyfully, realizing it's, it's always chaotic. Something's always breaking down. Sometimes that's that's how it goes. So I took up a special practice. Um, I made a resolution to do this every day, special special meditation practice um, that I do after the morning chanting before the breakfast so This special, super intense meditation practice this so what it was is just because at that time of day in, in Britain it, it's not quite, it's not dark, it's not light it's like sort of misty, dull, colour. and I thought, just wander around vaguely in the mist So I just go. Out and I just kind of wander around, uh, looking at a tree or a bird. Wander around, wandering around vaguely in the mist <laughs> for maybe half an hour, twenty minutes, half an hour. Just wandering around vaguely in the half light, with all those kind of compulsive, do it, do it, do it and it was really quite beautiful because once you wander and even, even like a, about five square meters you say, well look at that grass it's really well, look at that, well, there's a spider a you know, little spider doing his thing it's like a crow you know or even just the sound of a car moving on the lane. You hear the sound, you disappearing. So everything becomes a meditation object. Because your mind is, is not constructing that state of open wonder. Right? That's very helpful for minds that are so connected to times and functions and getting things done, and making things work, there's a time we just stop that, You know, 20 minutes or so, that's meditation, it's all part of cultivation, so you, you, know, you begin to recognize where you get stuck, what you cling to, you recognize it in a kind way, like, you know, you're really very dutiful, that's the thing you do a lot of, could you just undo it for 20 minutes (laughs) you know Mm. so that recognising what you need to undo is right effort the effort to undo is an effort it goes against the compulsion that's called a right effort if your compulsion is to constantly go out maybe you need to just relax that return to centre it's the undoing so your energy then settles back because it's not tightened up into these compulsive patterns and then there's a sense of mm. it's a natural quality of of extending your energy in ways that you feel joyful kindly uh, beautiful so then that's considered to be right effort but it's not a strain it's a deep extending mm and then uh, get a feeling for that and you can sustain it sustain that sense of heart made great the energy made great not powerful forceful great but just expanded as we say every day in this chanting you know abundant uplifted not making measures not measuring things but just That's the abiding place. That's the abiding place. Everything else is a prison. (laughs) This is an
1: abiding place.